Hallelujah. Woo! Woo! I've top me jumper off. It's too hot on here. Not temperature-wise, but God's here. Jesus is here. He's come for you this morning. My sermon title is Great Expectations by Charles Dickens. <laughs> now, leave that bit out. Great Expectations. Great Expectations. Great Expectations. You know... Just wait for the offering to go. Hallelujah. Okay, great expectations. You know, that's that's where God wants you to live. He wants you to live in expectation that he's going to move, that he's going to speak, that he's going to change things. That's the place where the Holy Spirit wants to bring you. I'm coming to the conclusion there's no point coming to church unless you're coming with great expectation. Because anything other than that is just routine. And routine is empty. It was good at the beginning, but it ends up as an empty, dry vessel. But it's not what God wants for you. He wants you to come in expecting. You see, there's much more to coming together in a meeting than just turning up. Sadly, all over this country today, there will be genuine people with integrity, that will go to church and sadly receive nothing. That's sad. That is sad. It's not what the Holy Spirit wants. The Holy Spirit wants to come into your life and fill you. Fill you. Every single time that we come together so that the chains Stay off. I, as Christians, we so easily slip back into what entangled us before. Like the disciples, when they didn't understand that Jesus had risen, they said, we're going back fishing. 
Fishing is not for you. Living every moment in expectation that the Holy Spirit is going to move through you is the place to be. Wow. Wow. You see, expectation is not hope. It's knowing. It's, it's more than hope. It's an excitement birthed inside you by the Holy Spirit. When I look back, when I read back and I, and I research the, the, the old preachers, the old guys, the older brothers and sisters who, years ago, they would turn up on fire for God. Not waiting for a match to be lit but coming in, just burning with the presence of God that whatever was going to happen, it could not stand in his presence. The old Pentecostals had something of the Spirit of God that we've got to come back to today. And that's an expectation that God will meet your need now. Expectation is the foundation that makes the church alive or dead. You can have a thousand people in a meeting room, but if there's no expectation, it's dead as dodo. You can sing the songs. You can bring in the big name. But if the Holy Spirit is not expected or given room to move, it's dead. But expectations is not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It is in the world, but it's not in the church. Expectation is something, as I said just now, which is either born in you by the Holy Spirit because you're hungry, you're thirsty, you're fed up with what you've been and you want to be different. So God can't change you while you happy to stay as you are. Well, you're not happy. Christians aren't happy to stay as they are. They're just, just staying as they are. They've come used to being that way. doesn't mean they don't love Jesus, but they're not getting the fullness of what the Holy Spirit has for their lives. You see, expectation when it's birthed in the Holy Spirit, is the joining of the Word of God with the Holy Spirit. The two come together and it bursts expectation. And what does God do? No. He inhabits the praises of his people. I know Jesus is within you anyway, but there is an awakening within you. 
Something which you can't sit in your seat anymore. Something which it's not enough now just to raise my hands. It's not enough to speak in tongues. It's an expectation of joy in the Holy Spirit. Turn me to Psalm 63, if you would, please. We welcome everybody online this morning, especially Margaret out at Plimpstock. We, we, good morning to you, Margaret. She always says good morning to me when she's online. A lot behind my ears, but nothing between them. <laughs> That's not Psalm 63. It reads like this O oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than love. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I will meditate on you in the night watches. Because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. Early will I seek you. Early. Early will I seek you. Before the storms of life, Kick in, I will seek you. Before, you may not be in a storm at the moment. Seek the Lord. Seek him now, early. You know, the most refreshing time I find is mornings. Not early mornings. <laughs> Give me time to wake up. Wendy's out of bed first thing in the morning. It's like a wound-up clock. You know, she's just gone. <laughs> just leave me alone. I'll get there. But don't, you know, got to have that cup of tea. And then by... Nine, half past nine, I'm just about breaking even. From ten o'clock, I'm like a coiled spring. 
Early will I seek you. I was awakened this morning at half past two. Not by God. By someone else. Someone else had dared to wake me up. And in that first moment of time, he was trying to put fear on me. It's real. Yeah. What he forgot, I'm a child of a king. Amen. Amen. The second thing he got is I like sleep. It wasn't because it was me, it was because of what I was going to preach this morning. Yeah. So we dealt with him in Jesus' name. Early. You have been given the Holy Spirit for every emergency that comes your way. It isn't eloquence of speech it isn't you've got to find the right words it's simply speak it out where will I seek him oh when everything is great when everything has come together. No, no, watch this look. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Where will I search for him? In the place where I have sorted it in my sorted it in my mind this world is a dry and thirsty place where there is no water if you're trying to make your life wonderful by add-ons you've missed it now there's nothing wrong with being comfortable God blesses That's not what I'm talking about. Don't make this world your home. You're a pilgrim passing through. You're temporary. You're God's walking, talking temple. 
But you've got to nail it in your mind. I am not going to get contentment, peace of mind, totally through the activities of this world. You've got to nail it. It's only in his presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. Not a little joy. Fullness of joy. In a dry and thirsty land. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. And until you nail that, you're going to be torn around, pulled in every direction. And until you nail it and say, no, this is not my home. I'm going to enjoy it while I'm here, but it's not permanent. My residence is with Jesus. Not that I'm going to go with him. Yes, that's true. No, no, no. Don't project it into the future. It's now. My residence is with him now. He will never leave me or forsake me now. Everything else in this life is a passing experience. Some good, some bad. But it's all passing. I don't know how I got to this age. Well, Wendy would probably answer that one. How did I get to the age I am? I don't know. Where is it gone? I don't know. Where have all the years gone? I don't know. But they have. It's passing. But there's only one thing that is permanent. One. And he's a person. His name is Jesus. seek him early. Why? Because my soul hungers and thirsts for him. Now that doesn't make me super spiritual. Hear me. That's not going to make you super spiritual. But inside of you there is a hunger. The Holy Spirit wants to feed on the word of God. Do you know that's what he feeds on? Holy Spirit, you feed the Holy Spirit within you when you read the Word, when you confess the Word, when you believe the Word. He thrives on that. My expectation, he said, I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. tell you I'm looking I'm looking I have an expectation because the famine is over it's time to feast on the word of God but not just read it for reading's sake it's a question of feeding on it Feeding the Holy Spirit within you and allowing him wherever you may be to rise up within you and just speak out. 
want to see, I'm going to see his power and his glory. Thank you, Brooke. Thank you for that. Can you bring a biscuit next time? As we hunger and thirst, how many people here really want to know what God's plan is for their life? I'll tell you to find out. Quite simple, hunger and thirst. Get real with God. Get real, set aside. I have won some of the most, I'm privileged, you know, in some senses here. But Tuesday mornings, I go in the cabin, the one at the back here, not the food bank, the other one. I walk in, uh, as I get out of my car, I've got my notebook, I've got my Bible, and I'm walking down that little path to the front, you know, to go up the steps and into that porter cabin. I want to tell you, it is like someone has switched a light on inside me. I come alive. Why? Not because I got to preach, but because I know my Father is waiting for me. Amen. He's waiting. Yeah. Now, He came with me, but. He says, that's our place. And, and I sit at the big round table in there where the kids are now, right now. And I want to tell you, I'm like a little kid in there. I'm just glad you can't see me. I love it. Now that, if you really knew, that is totally opposite to my character. I hate reading and writing. I hate it with a passion. Always have done. When I get out of my car and I walk that little walk and go up into that cabin, there is a joy, there is a presence of God which is absolutely wonderful. And I don't have to worship him. I don't have to put praise music on. It's okay if you've got to do that. That's no problem. He's waiting for me. And in effect, what he's saying is this. Because you have created time and space for me, I will come to you. How? 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 Woo! What does it do for me? It lifts my expectation. You know, I've got to confess to you, I've got to confess to the church elders, I'm in the middle of a love affair. Don't want no. I'm having an extramarital affair. I've got to confess it, that Jan, I'm sorry, mate. I'm having a love affair with Jesus. That's the weapon. That's the one to do it with. You've got a lovely wife. I tell you. 
I know, I've got a beautiful wife. But I'm having a love affair with Jesus. Oh, yeah. Well, that's different. And you know what it's doing for me? It's satisfying my soul. Only God could do that in me. Because in the natural, I've got a hunger for men's toys. You know? I've got a hunger, a natural hunger for men's toys. You know, the car, you know, the, the boat, the da 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 I've got a natural hunger. I could, oh, I love it. That doesn't satisfy my soul. No. That's like drinking seawater. The more you drink, the more you have to. But finally, it will kill you. When I'm in the presence of Jesus, oh, there's no one else like it. There is nothing else like it. Early will I seek you. You know, nobody makes me. You know, in the early Christian life, you were told you've got to spend eight hours a day praying in your bedroom. Yeah. Another eight hours reading the word. Then serve him, and in between go to work and try and sleep. It's nonsense. Absolute nonsense. I can't do that. I have no desire to do that. But what I have is the desire when the Holy Spirit says, just check this out in the Word. Just read that portion of Scripture. Just come to me, because I want to speak with you. Wow. Oh, it takes the pressure off. It's brilliant. It can be anywhere. It doesn't have to be in the cabin for me. It can be anywhere. Early will I seek you. No one forces me. It's a desire. You know, a lot of charismatic Christians, a lot of Pentecostal Christians, receive the Holy Spirit. And that's great. But there's a big difference between receiving the Holy Spirit and letting the Holy Spirit have you. There's a big difference. Have you let the Holy Spirit really have you? A lot of Christians, charismatic, want, to want the Holy Spirit so they can speak in tongues. Okay. A lot of charismatic Christians want the Holy Spirit so they can prophesy. Okay. 
a lot of charismatic Christians want to be a teacher, want to be a pastor, want to be an evangelist. Okay? I'm telling you this, you'll burn out unless the Holy Spirit has you. Unless he has you. It's a big difference. A big difference. Let me just try and put this in a sort of a picture. This is what Deuteronomy says. For the land you will go into to possess is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you sowed your seed and watered it by fur as a vegetable garden. But the land which you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys which drinks water from the rain of heaven, a land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. Now that's what God promised physically to them. It's the Old Testament. In the New Testament, our blessings are spiritual. The Old Testament deals with the practical, physical, and the necessities of living. God adds them. But when it comes to the New Testament, he changes somewhat. He says, I will still do all that I did for you in the Old Testament, or did for them in the Old Testament. But I'm going to add something which is greater to you. I'm going to bless you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies, so that you lack nothing. What they didn't have in the Old Testament was that permanent, ongoing presence of the Holy Spirit. What we have is his permanent presence inside us. So much so that we don't have to worry about the shoes on our feet, where our next meal is coming from, what coat we're going to wear, or a roof over our head. Jesus said, my Father will provide that for you. But in the meantime, I want you to live in my spiritual blessings. So when I read this now, I read it through the eyes of the New Testament, a land flowing with milk and honey. Well, that's obviously not this world, is it? This world is not flowing with milk and honey. But it is spiritually. To those who can see it. To those who want to walk in and possess spiritually everything that God has laid out for them. This is a land, a spirit, I'll call it a spiritual land. This is a spiritual land which is what I receive today will be good but tomorrow will be better 
because I have an expectation of the goodness of God in the land of the living, which is now. What I see today, what I'm experiencing today, is, can be nothing compared to what can come tomorrow or the day after. What stops me living in that realm is when today something kicks into my life and I don't think it's fair or I don't think it's right. So I bring myself into the equation. When I leave myself out of the equation and say, well, God, you have ordered today. You have ordered my footprints, my path. Steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Yeah, but not that way, Lord. I want to go that way. He said, well, you can go that way, but I haven't ordered it. I want you to go that way. Yeah, but it's not looking too good over there. You just walk. And as you walk, you will feast on the, on the spiritual benefits of that walk, which are equated to milk and honey. Wow. What God was saying to Joshua here is this. You're going to walk in a way that you've never walked before. There's going to be no routine in your life, Joshua. You're going to have the problems of the people. You're going to have the cares of the day. But if you will lift your head and follow me, I will take you through. And you will feast on my goodness in the land of the living. It was a land, naturally a land flowing with milk and honey. It's not a picture of heaven, that scripture, because there's battles to be fought. There will be battles to be fought. What does Jesus say? Be of You know, it's something we don't hear in a church very often, a good cheer. I said, it's something we don't hear in church anymore is a good cheer. <laughs> that surprised me. Wow, a good cheer. That wasn't a bad cheer, but it wasn't a good cheer. That was, that was a test the water cheer, wasn't it? Let's give a good cheer. That's better.
Remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you were coming up out of Egypt. How he met you on the way and attacked your rear ranks, all the stragglers at the rear, when you were tired and weary, and you did not fear God. Therefore it shall be, when the Lord has given you rest from all your enemies around, in the land which the Lord God is giving you to possess as an inheritance, that you will block out the remembrance of Amalek. When there's an expectation inside you, it blocks out the past. You might, when I say block it out, you might be able to recall it but the pain, the hurt, the devastation, whatever it may be, is gone. Gone. Because my focus now is not on me, on him. My strength does not come from education. Praise God. My strength doesn't come from trying to be clever. My strength comes from the Lord. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Nothing. But with me, you can do a little bit. Just, just, just a mustard seed little bit. Above and beyond. Yes! But it's only for those who are expectant. You've been given the Holy Spirit for every emergency that comes your way. You are the RAC of Jesus Christ. You're the AA, the breakdown company. You know? That's what you are. You're the breakdown company. God has equipped you to put people back together in his name. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. I believe we're going to see it. We are seeing it. You know? We, we pray for Robert. He's not in this morning. Richie on the front seat. He sits there. Came in two Sundays ago. Said to him, how's your foot? Said, God healed it. He said, when the congregation prayed for me, over, he stood over there. When the congregation reached forth and prayed for me, he said, my foot was instantly healed. 
in the life meeting this week, God said to me, he's going to add a dimension to this church. It's going to be full of testimonies. Not just the odd one or two, which is brilliant, but full of testimonies of the goodness. I will looking to see the power and the glory of God in this sanctuary, that sanctuary, and in this place. Because this is not the sanctuary of God. I am, you are, if you're born again. I believe it. We're starting to see it. Because the famine is over. We're feasting on his word. The Holy Spirit is becoming more and more and more, revealing Jesus in the midst. I'm not hungry for it. 